0: Welcome to the Virus Rehab and Performance podcast. In the fifth episode of the podcast, I'm speaking to Michael and Ben Fidewa, founders of the Maid Health and Fitness app, a revolutionary application that can measure muscle and fat from a single picture right from your smartphone. Several studies have been published to date comparing the technology to other laboratory measures of body composition, including DEXA scanning and bioimpedance. Through his original research studies of published research in the field, Dr. Fideva has established a research agenda examining the influences of exercise training and physical activity on body composition. By collaborating with the students and an international network of exercise science researchers, Dr. Fideva's research has examined various body composition assessment methods to develop a portable, inexpensive and accurate technique that can be used in the field settings by coaches and practitioners. His research also seeks to determine potential factors that are responsible for the individual variability exercise training adaptations. The MAID Health & Fitness app measures body volume size with 99.8% accuracy compared to underwater weighing. And offers coaches and trainers the ability to track their athletes' progress remotely from anywhere in the world. The lead researchers have MADE, Dr. Mike Esko and Mike Fidiwa, have over 100 research publications related to body composition, health and athletic performance, with many more to come. In this talk with Mike and Ben you will learn What is body composition and how is it today measured? The background of the MADE Health & Fitness app Accuracy How accurate are body composition measurements out there and how accurate is the MADE app? How can you as a practitioner and coach use the app, why and when? The episode is in English and will be available on your favorite Audible podcast research from the 19th of March. You will also be able to try the apps yourself. Links to the Apple Store and Google Play Store are included in this episode. So let's get started with the fifth episode of the Vibris React and Performance Podcast, from the average show to the elite athlete. Yes, welcome Ben and Mike. How are you guys doing?
1: We're doing fantastic. Thank you for having us today. We appreciate it.
0: Mike, tell us about a little bit yourself first.
1: Yeah. So my name is Mike Fidoa. Uh, I'm a researcher and teacher at the University of Alabama in the United States. Uh, I've been here for about six years. Um, we recently just developed a, a new method of measuring muscle mass and body fat from a smartphone, uh, from a smartphone application. And so we are researching that. We're continuing to, to, to validate the app. We're, we're developing new features and, and trying to get the best product kind of out to, out to our users and out to our
2: athletes who need it.
0: Awesome, awesome. And Ben, be my guest.
2: Absolutely, thanks, Frank, for having us on. Uh, my name is Ben Fidoa. I'm Mike's younger brother. I am a physical therapist. I work in Oakland, California. Uh, I have a sports and orthopedic background. I'm board certified here in the US as an orthopedic clinical specialist. Um, and I've got a lot of experience working with high school teams, college athletes, professional athletes, uh, both from a rehabilitation and performance standpoint. And so when Michael told me what he and uh, some of our other partners had come up with, honestly, I didn't really believe him, but I saw the, the wonderful application for it in the world of health, fitness, and rehabilitation. And so I latched onto it as quickly as I could. I've been helping them push it out there and start getting it to apply in the real world.
0: Awesome, guys. Remember that this is your episode, you know, you are are our guests and we are really happy to have you online with us. The episode is made by you and we are eager to listen towards what your thoughts are regarding research that you have done for the Made app and of course what the future looks like for that for the great application. So let's talk about uh, the research. How is the app uh, How is the app being developed?
1: Yeah, actually, so we kind of talked off the air before we started about some of the issues with the existing technology that sports teams and, and researchers are, are using. And so some of the other methods that we have to measure body composition in an athlete, we mentioned DEXA using different frequencies of x-rays to measure bone mass and and lean soft tissue and fat mass. That's that's one technique that we have that we've done a lot of research with. In our lab, we also have other techniques, underwater weighing, we've talked about skinfold calipers also off the air right before we started, Um, bioimpedance spectroscopy to measure total body water and, and lean soft tissue. You know, those techniques are, are very accurate and they can be used in research settings. The main issue that we kept running into was that in order for us to track an athlete. The athlete had to come on site with us. So there was a, there was a, there was a transportation issue. There is a scheduling issue because we have to have the research, you know, technicians and the researchers there to, to actually perform the measurements. Some of them are very time consuming with underwater weighing to to actually measure, you know, residual volume in the lungs and then perform an underwater weighing measurement. We're, we're looking at about 45 minutes, upwards of an hour, you know, to get an accurate number, um, skin folds are, are portable and they can be used in field settings, but the differences between you and I, or between other practitioners when we're performing a skin fold measurement, that can vary a little bit numbers that we see. Aren't necessarily you know, reliable between people. And, and even if I were to do two measurements, you know, on two consecutive days, they're not perfectly reliable either. So, you know, we kept running into this issue of, of access and cost. And DEXs are very expensive, underwater weighing tanks are very expensive. And so we wanted to develop something that could give us the same accuracy we have in the lab, but could now be portable. And so we started thinking about how we can do that. And we recognized that everyone has. A smartphone or a tablet that seems to always with that technology and with the camera that exists on on the smartphone. We have the capabilities of performing those same measurements that we would do in the lab on a smartphone that already exists in your pocket. So our research over the past couple years has been um, Figuring out how to take a single picture. So if someone were to just take an image of themselves from head to toe can we take the measurements from that image and predict what we would normally get in a research setting? So we've combined, in, in research, we combined all of those different techniques to create a, something called a multi-compartment model. So really, really exciting stuff. We're really excited about where the research is gonna go. Um, and, and now that we recently just had our COVID restrictions lifted at our, at our research lab, so we can we can get back in there and start continuing our research in January. So um we're we're really excited to keep the research going and keep building on a great product that we already have
0: great would you Ben? do you need to add something on top of that (laughs) well so so here's the
1: thing with with the research you're never really done with the research right there's always there's always another piece that can be added to it so for example this summer we, we developed in the United States, we have a patent uh, that's pending. So we have a patent on the process. So we're protected for the algorithm. Over the summer, we continued to work on it, even though we had this really accurate measure that was about, for body volume, we, we were about 99.8 or 99.9% accurate. We kept working on it this summer and we were trying to get our error measure down, you know, hundredths of a percentage, just fractions of a decimal point. For most people, fractions of a decimal point don't matter. But when you are a highly competitive athlete competing kind of at the you know the elite level, um, collegiate, pro, international, those those hundreds of a percentage are are where all the difference is. And so for us, we we really see the research continuing so that we can figure out more accurate ways to kind of measure different types of athletes. So cross-country skiing, American football, um, basketball, softball, cricket, you know, lacrosse. These are all sports that the athletes are very different. The body types are very different. The demands of the of, of the sport, of the competition are very different. So we wanna make sure that the app and the program can measure with the same accuracy, you know, in, in all of those athletes. And the only way to prove that is, is by actually continuing to research in those specific populations.
0: Yeah, but uh, you're talking about ac- accuracy and that is a really good word because in, in the world that you understand it's crucial to have good accuracy, but what is good accuracy?
1: Yeah, um, so compared to our data that we have in the lab, so we have this multi-compartment, really, really accurate research model. That is, we, we call that our criterion measure. So everything gets compared back to this really, really accurate research method or technique that combines all of the different, you know, tools, DEXA, underwater weighing, bioimpedance. Um, the error with bioimpedance can vary depending on your hydration status. So we might be looking at somewhere between 3 to 5% error. And so, you know, if we, if we say that our body fat percentage is 25%, most people will be somewhere between 30 and 20% oh Um, skin folds are are about the same depending on the equations that you use they're hanging out right around three to five percent also Um, underwater weighing is about two to three the bod pod or air displacement is about two to three dexa is about two to three percent so every one of those techniques has error with it none of them there's not one single tool that can measure every tissue compartment in the body so what what we're what we're kind of dealing with is what kind of access can I get? What is the cost of the technique? Like how much how much is a DEXA? How much how much is a bioimpedance device? What um, what is the time requirement for the athletes? The app is is right around three percent right now. And so we have a we have an error rate, standard error of the estimate, right around three percent. DEXA, like I said, is about 2.5. So we're very, very close. So when when we look at those correlations, we know on our end okay, these numbers are coming up very close to what we would expect to get from other research techniques. And so we feel very good about that. The added benefit is with the app, it has almost perfect consistency. So if you scan the same image, like if you run the same picture through the algorithm two times, it will give you exactly the same numbers. All the landmarks are identified exactly the same with perfect accuracy.
2: If that's you take pictures- the most pictures, important thing in the field, Frank, right? yeah about skin folds one thing we always say in the clinic is you know we're consistently consistent like you're going to make your patterns of measurements the same way each time but if i do the same measurement it's not going to show up exactly the exactly right and that's true with the app it eliminates all the error that can be created by the technician who's performing it
0: yeah uh, Mike and Mike Ben this is like the great one of the greatest accuracy I have ever seen in research because <laughs> I have not, not read all of the papers of course but some and when it requires as you tell Ben uh, objectivity is like the missing point in in my practice because we have been working with, as, as you guys as well, and uh, giving Excel sheets to the customers, taking pictures, trying to do the FMS, trying to do a, another screening uh, make them to jump a lot of things. But when it comes to the end, you need to have the accuracy and the made up seems to have that thing just put on as the vibe or the main thing of story.
1: Yeah, the, you mentioned it. So the, the consistency of the there's two pieces. When, when we talk about reliability, we're talking about the reliability of the actual tool that's taking the measurement. So if I scan with the algorithm the same picture, does the algorithm itself give me the exact same numbers every single time? And then there's the stability of the trait or, or the characteristic that you're trying to measure. And so body composition is a moving target. It's, it's not stable. It changes it changes throughout the day, it changes from day to day, fluid shifts, and we lose total body water through sweating, we eat, we drink, we gain weight. And so the composition of what your body is actually made of changes. And so we're we're trying to use a tool to measure what you are to catch or hit a moving target. And so, you know, when we do that, also, we need to make sure that the the measurement device is as consistent as possible. So we take a picture of you Frank and then we have you step out of the screen and we have you step back into the screen and take a second picture. Those two images of you wearing, you know, the same clothes in the same room against the same wall with the same lighting, those are fractions of a percentage, you know, off. And so that we have really really good consistency between two different pictures of the same person. So we we feel confident that what What we can do with this app is, you know, for a coach, they can take a measurement in their lab or in the gym or, you know, in the facility, their athlete could have access to this at home, their athlete could take pictures at home and track their progress. And we don't need to worry about any, you know, potential inconsistencies between the way the coach did it, between the way the athlete did it, if they recruit, if they have a buddy that can do the skinfold measurements, we don't need to worry about that now because the app is is consistently measuring that same image. So... Um that allows us to very clearly see if there are changes that are happening within the athlete, those changes are due to actual shift or, or improvements in body composition, not because of potential error that's being caused by the measurement being
0: done. Mm-hmm. Huh. Great insight. So if if you take like the, the measurement that you do, can you like uh, walk us through that? How is it function?
1: Yeah, the, the technique that it's most similar to is underwater weighing or air displacement, so the bod pod. Um, what we're measuring with the app is body volume or body size, the same way that the underwater weighing tank measures body size based on how much water you, you displace or how much water you kind of move out of the way as you get in the pool, or in the bod pod, how much air you displace by being in the chamber. We're actually measuring, in, a, in the simplest sense, the amount of pixels that you're displacing. So if we take a picture of you, we need to figure, based on your image, how tall you are, and then um, the distance across it at various landmarks. And that helps us figure out how big of a person you are. Is a lot, but they're, but they're very, very small. We know that they're very dense and they have a lot of muscle mass. If somebody weighs a lot, but they're very, very big, um, and they're wider in their picture, we know that some of that is probably body fat. So it's, it's very similar to, the same kind of body volume or body density numbers that we would get from, from bod pod or underwater weighing. And skin folds are based on similar estimates of, of body density, but you know, for us, when, when the image is being scanned, we need to measure the top of the head and the bottom of the feet to, so we can figure out how tall the person is in the image. That helps us say, okay, if this person is 500 pixels tall and they tell us that they're six foot 10, we know, for the algorithm, 500 pixels is is six feet ten inches. Um, if and then from there we can calculate, you know, the distance across with all of our ratios that we need. Um, when we take a scan and Ben can kind of walk through troubleshooting a little bit with this too, what we're measuring is distance across, and so we're measuring the widest point of the hips, so around the, the lower body. We take landmarks there, so the widest point across, and we measure the waist, so the narrowest point. Um, and that those are two of the major landmarks that we use there's, there's other ones but you know from there as, as long as we're getting accurate measurements of a person's diameter in the image um, we get we get accurate numbers things that could introduce potential error if if somebody's wearing baggy clothes or loose-fitting clothes um, that might cover up or hide the the narrowest part of their waist or might make their their midsection look bigger than it actually is that could potentially make their body fat percentage look higher because they're based on the image, their, their size, their volume is, is larger than what it actually is.
0: Yeah. So Ben, for example, if I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking at the, to not be disrespectful, but I'm actually looking at the, at the application, if hey, I'm a right. if, if I'm, if I'm newbie an, an and I want to scan myself, Yep. and I, I, I can see the parameters that you have in the variables that you want to measure, uh, why do you have, for example, the, the, the race? What is race important here? And why is, for example, eventually, if optional, just to say, uh, the amount of pushes that I can make, having in mind that what has that in correlation with my fat-free f- fat mass? Right. Right.
2: Yeah, so you know, the demographics that we ask each of the users to enter just helps us to categorize the data and it makes it easier for us to establish the, I mean, our goal is to establish the world's largest database of body composition measurements for research, right? And so if we're able to do that and we can break it down demographically by age, race, sex, height, even geographic location, we are able to have data set. For the future for whatever type of research we want to use this for and we plan to make it publicly available and so you know we're hoping to make this not just an application for athletes but also we'd like to have this data set available for scientists like yourself to utilize all over the world for whatever research they think it would serve a great purpose to. Um, Mike I'll let you jump in on the uh, Yeah. Push-
1: yeah uh, i'll piggyback on what you kind of mentioned about the database so so frank actually so one of the things we run into with these huge database values everyone is using different techniques and so you guys are doing skin folds we're doing skin folds they're different brands of skinfold calipers you have a dexa we have a dexa they're different brands we calibrate them differently they're different models and so we run into this issue of of how do we take something in your lab and combine it with something from our lab? They're different people. Are the differences we're seeing between people actually because they're truly there or because of the, the technique that was used to, to measure them? With the app, since we now have the ability to, to measure anyone in the world potentially, race, sex, age, the push ups and physical activity level, how many days of vigorous activity you do. Um, those are all really cool pieces of information that we can use from a research angle. So that what Ben said, creating this big normed data set, we, we just give it to, to researchers. Um, some folks that we've talked to had asked, why don't you put in standards for like, what's a healthy body fat percentage or, or what is this high or low? Like my numbers, can, can you tell us what these numbers mean? And what we didn't want to do with the app is, is put values as a reference, 15, 20, 25%, um, you know, and say like, this is good, this is bad. When, when those numbers are coming from different techniques, DEXA in our lab consistently overestimates by a few, two, three, four, five 5% when we look at body fat percentage. So we didn't feel right about using standards that were developed with DEXA and using our numbers from the app. We, we were not underwater weighing, so we didn't really feel good about using data that were derived from underwater weighing. We want to build the biggest database possible so that our users when they scan with the app can take their numbers and, and compare them to other users that scanned with the app and so i think that's part of it the other piece is from a research angle each of those demographic characteristics that a person enters does play a role in the prediction equation or the algorithm that we use so if we just look at big trends in, in in research data, we know that there are differences between men and women in what we would typically see for body fat percentage values. So for a man and woman with the same same height, same weight, same BMI, same age, we know that men typically have a lower body fat percentage. Um, so we ask just to take our numbers and, and make them a little bit more accurate and, and target it right specifically to the users based on their gender. Same thing with race, it, it contributes a small, you know, percentage, but th- there is a little bit of difference in, in fat-free mass characteristics, muscle mass, um, total body water, bone mineral content between Black, White, Asian, Hispanic, European descent, American, just based on regional, I mean, even within Hispanic, like Mexico versus Spain. I mean, there's there's differences between people based on where they live and, and, and kind of their race and ethnic heritage. And so we we knew that in order to really accurately measure what somebody's made of we had to account for those really really tiny differences mm. also push-ups and, and physical activity level generally somebody who can do more push-ups um, has lower body fat in in our lab we have data those two are inversely correlated so more push-ups generally means lower fat and in more exercise days more physical activity generally means lower fat so um, for us those are small questions but if Again, if we can improve the accuracy by one-tenth of a percentage or one-hundredth of a percentage by just asking a simple question like that, that is a very valuable piece of information that doesn't take the user very long to enter, that that can make it just, just a teeny tiny bit more accurate to deliver the best product possible.
0: Yeah, guys, this is like, uh, as my colleague said, it's too good to be true, you know? But at the same time, I'm just... Mm-hmm sponging in all the knowledge that you are telling me because this is like in here in scandinavia or in norway for example we have uh a word of praise from a grocery chain you know where you buy groceries a big grocery yeah. chain uh, the the easiest stuff is often the simplest you yeah, know that is a great word of praise but they don't know What kind of work is behind the easy thing to put out to the people, you know, because the app is simple to use, but the data, the science behind the app is a hard body of work, in my opinion.
1: You know, and I think it's not done yet either. And so think of all the other pieces that you measure as a practitioner in your app that that might you know, potentially be included as a question in in the app when you set up your profile. So things like I'm just picking it up now, but potentially sleep or stress or or um, heart rate or blood pressure or you know questions like that those are very easy pieces of information that we might be able to pull from other systems if you have a fitbit or a you know an apple watch or a garmin or something like that we we can pull those data from other sources and again if we're if we're improving the accuracy by just by just a pinch by just like a you know a tenth or a hundredth of a percentage on the research side of things that that brings us a little bit closer to DEXA or some of you know our our research-grade kind of criterion measures without increasing a user's burden by very much because once all those pieces are pulled in sleep stress heart rate things like that once once those users information are pulled in they don't need to set it up again it's just Mm. kind of like a one-time thing so um, or it could continually feed into the app so we see this growing what what we want is for this to be the again, the biggest database of norms, but we also want this to be the, the most used and easiest, simplest tool for tracking for coaches. You yeah. know, if, you're, if you're watching an athlete, we want this to be the one-stop shop where you could measure strength and agility and power and reaction time and, and you know vertical jump or um, things like that, aerobic capacity, along with body composition. This is just kind of the start. We, we want this to be kind of an all-encompassing
0: system that can measure every aspect of performance and fitness yeah but that is a, a great a great point of view the, the 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 measurement walk us through that the measurement how does it work how uh, what do you do as a as a as a, as a back-end user
2: so from a, like a user setup for the if an individual athlete is going to come in and, and take a photo take a measurement yeah so, for like as a user, if you're using it by yourself as an individual at home, the most important thing is, is having a consistent background and making sure there's nothing else in the photo. The majority of our user errors so far, and we've had thousands of scans, and people will shoot us emails and they'll say, hey, uh, you know, it says I'm, I'm 45% by <laughs> What, what the heck's going on? And we'll ask them, because we don't get to see any of the user photos. So that's one thing that's important for the users to know is privacy is very important to us. And so we don't see the user photos. We can see the data that's produced from the photo, but we don't see the image itself. And so when there's an error and the user reaches out to us, you know, we walk them through the same thing that we talked about, You know, feet together, hands apart, make sure we can measure all of those variable points on your body. But typically the errors are because something else is in the photo with them. And so we'll have users submit images where they're holding barbells like they just did a deadlift. <laughs> you know, or there dogs in the background? or there couches <laughs> in the corner of the photo? or They're at the park and there's 20 trees around them and their phone autofocus on something else. Um, and so if you don't want it on the scale with you or if you wouldn't want it in the underwater weighing tank with you, you shouldn't have it in the photo with you. Of course. <laughs> And then so that you, makes sense yeah right like it's kind of one of those again that's the user error thing that we try to eliminate and uh the walkthrough for the setup is pretty straightforward um but there's always going to be some users who, who make those small errors and so it's it's you set up a clean background make sure that your phone is set up so that your feet and the top of your head are, are seen in the photo um i usually put my phone on selfie mode set it up on top of a plyo box and I stand against the bare wall. I put the selfie timer on for 10 seconds. I take the photo. And then after that, I, I usually crop it. Um, so you just go into the photo on the app or on the camera phone, make sure you crop it so there's nothing else in it. Head is in the picture, feet are in the picture, hands are in the picture away from the sides of your body. Um, then I start up the Made app, make sure my weight is updated If I can do an extra push-up that day, I try to get my body fat percentage (laughs) down as low as possible, right? Like 0.2% is really important to me. (laughs)
0: Exactly.
2: And so you update it. uh, I upload the photo if I'm doing it by myself. And then you just wait. And it takes about five to 10 seconds. And it'll spit out your body composition. Uh, Fat mass, fat-free mass, Android, gynoid, body volume. And it will compare it to whenever the last measurement was. So I usually do it. um, I'm a creature of habit. So I usually do it on Saturdays after I'm done working with clients and then it it just Hmm. Yeah. The, one of the cool things that we, that
1: we really saw as an added value piece for this was the frequency that a user could perform a measurement. So here in the States at, with our DEXA, we're only allowed to scan someone at maximum two to three times per year. And so. That's because of radiation exposure. Um, our, our department of public health is, is pretty conservative here. And so we, we were running into issues of how many times we could bring people in for research. And we know that more data in most cases, you know, provides more insight and can be very valuable. And there's a potential if we only have two DEXA scans per year, that you're going to miss a lot of the small changes that happen from week to week, from month to month, in season, out of season. And so with the app, what Ben just mentioned about tracking changes over time, we would recommend that somebody, you know, potentially does this every week or maybe even multiple times per week to put some context around the changes that are showing up on the scale, right? So we know that your body weight will change from morning to night. We know that it will change from day to day. And so, you know, for someone, for an athlete that's tracking that, we're trying to see big changes in composition that are happening, you know, over weeks and months. Sometimes those, those day-to-day fluctuations in, in, you know, fat-free mass of, of water, you know, can, can mask the improvements that we're seeing you know in, in kind of our big picture composition so by adding more data points you're going to see ups and downs from day to day your body weight goes up that shows up on the app your body weight goes down that also is tracked in the app so we can put context around that now and say you know i've gained four pounds since yesterday what are those four pounds and you take a picture and now we can see that that almost all of that change is fat-free mass, it's, it's water, that we're just holding more water than we did yesterday because of menstrual cycle, because of, because of the workout we did yesterday, because of food, because of something. And so I think that's incredibly valuable to see, you know, a four-pound increase or a four-pound decrease is, is most likely just due to water shifts. But if we're seeing those up and downs, you know, from day to day, from week to week, and we can see that you know, we're seeing a general trend in the direction that we're trying to go by, you know, generally kind of seeing the slow, gradual increase in, in fact, free mass, even though we have a lot of day-to-day variability. Um, I think that adds, it adds context, it adds value. And I think that gets missed with some of the other techniques.
2: And that context is so important, Frank, because you know, when you're working with athletes, especially like what comes to mind for me, not in the population that we serve, is some of our younger female athletes in high school or college, that you know, they're they worried sometimes more about the scale weight rather than building the lean mass. And so if they gain five pounds recovering from a race, we don't want them to feel that they're then obligated to lose that five pounds and then they change their diet or they change the way that they're training. Because realistically that five pounds is probably just water. And so we're able to give some like very important real world context to these athletes that they can continue to eat and train aggressively without worrying about what the scale says.
1: Yeah, the internal the internal data that we have looking at changes in body weight. So we, we've tracked day-to-day fluctuations with the images and what we've seen is that changes on the scale are about 90 to 95, 97% water, it's, it's all fat-free mass. And that's captured within the app. So that's, again, because we have such consistency with the algorithm that's analyzing the images, we can very clearly see that if there's a weight change, but your, your dimensions haven't changed, it's, it's probably because of water. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's really valuable. We have our coaches here during the summer when it's so hot, we're checking, checking body weight every day, pre-post practice, just to see like, is this person hydrated? Are they staying hydrated? How much water did they lose? And so, again, if, if we're using that app, we, we can see, yeah, for sure, most of these changes are water. And so we can more accurately capture, you know, the long-term improvements that the athletes are making.
0: Because you can trick the, the measurement with, uh, I have uh, experience with athletes that, okay, they know that they are supposed to undergo the DEXA, so they uh, may be under the numbers that we want them to be. So, they drink like tons of water yeah. to just build the numbers up. Yeah. Does the made application uh, attack that or does it discover that kind of? Yeah.
1: So, what it shows up as, since your dimensions aren't changing in the image, what that shows yeah. up as is that free mass. And so, like, we can see what it will look like it will look the same as it does with the other techniques. Somebody drinks a lot of water and they appear heavier than they actually are. Well, now those changes are all, it's all water. And so it can drive your weight up and it'll drive your fat-free mass up. Your body fat percentage will look lower because you, it appears that you have more fat-free mass, more muscle mass. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can trick it. The same way that you can trick, you know, almost every other technique. So when, when we say we have all this research data the protocols that we have that collected the data are very consistent so we have a 12 hour fast we have no exercise the day before people come into the lab and we make sure that they're well hydrated we actually check the specific gravity of their urine we we make sure that they go to the bathroom and they they have an empty bladder and they've been you know they've been fasting they had a good night's sleep if we're doing measurements over time that the same diet that they had yesterday is the same as they had before their last measurement. So all of those things have to be very consistent. We make sure like for DEXA, like if you accidentally have your wallet or your phone or your keys or a sports bra with underwire or zippers or buttons that creates artifact and that could potentially add error. Mm. So there's ways to trick. There's ways to trick a DEXA. There's ways to trick an underwater weighing measurement. There's ways to trick ways to trick bioimpedance. We've played around in our lab, taking a scan, like a bioimpedance measurement with just our bare hands and then getting our hands wet and putting them back on the sensors again and performing another scan, that will drastically change your numbers in some cases. And so there's ways to get around, I mean, there's ways to trick all these these values. So again, our measurement's not perfect. Um, There's ways to trick it to get the numbers to show what you want them to. But I think what Ben said with those those steps, you know, if you follow the steps you make sure that your, your clothing is appropriate, the background is, is good and plain, the lighting is good, you're standing in the right position and you're completely in the image, you know, if those checks are there, we can get a really accurate measurement to use for the appropriate purposes.
0: Great insights, guys, great insights. So was that was more or less the past and the present, guys. Uh, and if we just stick around a little bit in the present time this, these days, you have barely, put the app out there. So uh, it's brand new, more or less. How does the app <laughs> and technology feels the need with all of the remote coaching that and training that is out there?
2: Yeah, you know, the, the transition to telehealth and all these virtual or digital services happened pretty abruptly this year, obviously. <clears throat> and so one thing that's unique for MAID is we don't develop any content for training. Like we, we very heavily focus on providing this service as a tool. Um, and we do that because, you know, we want the clinicians and the personal trainers, the physical therapists, the sports coaches who don't have access in person to their athletes. Or, like Mike said, their lab has been closed for the last nine months. So, if we don't have a lab to perform these measures, you know, this is an access point and a touch point to collect valuable data to measure progress and to validate the systems that are in place by these coaches and trainers. And mm. so, you know, it's been a fun transition. We've rolled out, we just launched the gym and the, the virtual trainer platform this last week, actually, I believe, right, Mike?
1: Yeah, we're about, we're about a weekend so far.
2: And so that gives, you know, we're giving that to trainers to use with their clients, and so what that service does is it doesn't allow longitudinal tracking of each individual user, um, but it does allow the trainers to provide an access point for the person to take a measurement and then send that back to the trainer, and so that data can be collected and can be tracked. Um, you know, you can record it elsewhere and and uh, the affordability of the app is is very, very small. I think it's $4.99 here in the US a month right now. We're looking at price changes coming to the new year to make it even more accessible for users. Um, I have no idea how much that costs in Norway.
0: That is a cup of coffee. (laughs) A cup cup of of coffee, my friends. a cup of coffee. So pretty, pretty cheap. It's pretty cheap,
2: especially compared to DEXA. What's the public access DEXA cost there?
0: Roughly 5 hundred dollars if you are measuring yeah. like two or, three times. Bad,
2: right?
0: <laughs> two or three times yeah. measurements five hundred dollars yeah. one yeah. measurement roughly one hundred dollars yeah it depends it depends and you 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 have yeah. to know that the the, the the dexa is more mostly at hospitals or at private clinics that charges you the hell of you yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 fifty kroners, Norwegian kroners. It's nothing, man. It's a cup of coffee. It's a cup. Yeah. of coffee. So it's uh, it's unbelievable. Available and it's realable, and it's consistent. So you get you 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 don't get that in a cup of coffee. So yeah. <laughs> You know um, we're,
2: we we kind of we're the new kids on the block. And are so the we want, new kids on the block. To, we want more people to have access to this tool. And, you know, Frank, like you said, and like I said, when we first heard about it, like there's no way in hell this thing actually works, right? Like there's a there's there's a good deal of disbelief that we're dispelling here with the research. Mm-hmm. And we want users to be able to access it, trial it, see how it works, learn the tool because like any system, and like you guys both talked about, you can use it incorrectly, right? Yeah. Like you can sit on your couch, take your picture, get a goofy measurement and say this <laughs> crash Mm. but if you go into the lab or you go into any room and you stand against the wall and you take the picture accurately like it this thing works and that's probably the most exciting thing about it is the users that have used it have absolutely loved it and given us amazing feedback on it Um, and we're very open to feedback because we want to develop this to make it a usable tool for trainers and coaches and physios and doctors and, and individual athletes and so, right now, we're in the very present with COVID and all these restrictions in place. We we just want users to be able to have it and provide us feedback and learn it and make it a more common practice.
0: Yeah. So, uh, talking about COVID, how has the how has it been? How how are you been able to treat patients clients for the past months? It's a complete zoo. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know a lot of you know so as a physical therapist a lot of my clients we've gone we've gone completely virtual um, as it waxes and wanes and so covid will increase and we'll have less people available in clinic Um, there's incredible cleaning protocols in place we have hepa filters set up throughout all of our facilities all of the clinicians are wearing n95 masks and surgical masks and face shields Um, all the patients or clients are wearing the same And so it's pretty restrictive in what we're able to do in person. You know, We're not gonna do a a max intensity training session with two surgical masks and and a face shield on and perform that well. And so a lot of our athletes that we manage um, have transitioned to being managed virtually because they have training equipment at home. And so Mm -hmm. we're able to do the programming for them and we're able to check in with them and and modify as needed. and, and this gives us a valuable touch point with them. You know, they can see that they're training at home in a different setting, but they're not losing any value from their training.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I, I do get that because COVID has definitely changed the world. And one thing is for sure that if you don't adapt to the changes that are upon us, it's difficult to, you guys are Actually running a business. And it's, 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 it's not the main focus of your research, of course not. But the hard work that you have put on the science and the research and all of the stuff that you are now presently making happen uh, should be rewarded. So when you have like the, the app in mind now, as uh, one of the greatest inventors once told us, Darwin, Charles Darwin, is not the strongest one that survives, no, not either the most intelligent, but the one that actually are most responsive to change. And I think this made stuff, as I say, because it's made up, yeah. it's, it's, it will change. The, the, the way that me, myself as a therapist and coach will master my patients, for sure. Because if I know that reliability is there, consistency is there, then the app is getting more or less daily being updated. Uh, the algorithm is an is a ongoing patent. I won't use anything else. If I can't afford to have an own DEXA on my clinic, why bother? So having that in mind, how do you see what is coming for you guys in the near future? Because I think, in, my God, people are standing against the wall with uh, barely no clothes on to get the algorithm to count the right fat-free months for you. Can the same algorithm that made you be part of a for example a body posture app scan for the risk of injury
1: yeah it could i think you know you guys mentioned two things dexa the things that we have in the lab for research they're they're not going to go away so we have a dexa we use it we have underwater weighing we use it we have bioimpedance, we use it we have calipers we have body mass index we have all these tools to tracking and measuring and we're going to continue to use all of them. The app now is just another piece to the puzzle. You know, in certain situations, if we, can, if we can collect data remotely, this allows us more access. If we can speed up data collection, if we're restricted by the amount of time that we can spend with participants in the lab or patients in a clinic, now this speeds up data collection. Um, so I don't think any of those are going away. The funny thing with this app is that we actually started... The patent process and the research we started the research in 2015 and so we, we didn't know where this project was going to go we, we submitted our invention disclosure and started the patent process in 2018 2019 it just happened now that the app came out in the middle of covid but it wasn't planned that way and so mm-hmm. we had plans you know to, to release the app and we were expecting the world to be kind of as it was and and i don't think we'll ever go back completely to the way that things were. I think this has kind of changed the world forever. Um, so as we continue to evolve, we, we started the process thinking body composition, but now with the interactions and the feedback that we've gotten from practitioners and coaches and therapists, and, you know, that, that allows us to create other features to better serve the practitioners that are actually working with the athletes and working with the patients. And I think, you know, by listening and being responsive and not, trying to assume that we know what you guys need actually listening to what you're telling us want built into the app for additional features and programs and measurements to track i think that that will help us develop the best product you know we're we're researchers and we want to keep doing the research so the more the more access that we can give to you guys as practitioners to, to actually use the tools that we're making, I think the better. And, and we have to build it you know, based
0: on what you want, not based on what we think you need. But I often read or want myself to, uh, the gap between science and practice is can be kind of huge. And, and thinking about the research that you have done and the work that you have put on the app, do you actually succeed with that? Do you have actually, you have the science, Do you have the app, you will have practitioners, coaches using the app and you will continue to make the, make, make, you will continue to make the, the made app even better. So that should be quite of a, a good feeling to have.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, transparency was a big, was a big priority for us. We knew We knew we wanted to get the app into our users' hands. We wanted to get it into practitioners' and coaches' hands. We also wanted to give them the data. I think, you know, I I live in the body composition world, and I've been here for, for a few decades now. This, for me to go and find normed values on like what an appropriate body fat percentage number is, I've seen tables in textbooks, but I haven't seen, I actually had to go look and try to find the data that those tables are based off of. And that's me being very familiar with the field, trying to go and hunt down what these numbers, like where they actually came from. And I think, you know, for you guys, seeing numbers of what appropriate body fat percentages and muscle mass characteristics look like, that you need something that provides you valuable information that that you can trust. So when we want to make it available, we want to make it available so that you can download it and work with it and play with it and, and get in there and see what if you're working at, like for instance for a cross-country skier what is an appropriate what are appropriate numbers for someone competing at this level based on their gender based on their age based on you know for sport based on what position they play what are appropriate values maybe not for healthy versus unhealthy but just what are what would be expected for us here in the states to go from high school to college to you know minor leagues or semi-pro into the professional level, there's different standards of what we would expect to see for athletes. Where do you find that? And so I think that that again, that we, we want to use this as an educational piece in some sense. The these are these are your values. This is how you compare it to you know to norm the data that we have from the app against someone who's the same age and sex and race, you know, someone who looks and kind of behaves and acts just like you. But then here are you compared to some athletes, you know, based based on their competition or skill level. This is kind of where you stack up. If you want to go there, these are these are kind of the changes that you would have to make. So find a dietitian and a coach that can get you there.
0: Nice. And Ben, how do you think that us as practitioners will use this app for the better, of course? What, uh, what, well, what are the what are, what are pros and cons with the, with the app?
2: that's why I get really excited about this. You know, like think about what Michael just said of established norms and values for, um, you know, the athletes to excel or participate at like a collegiate level. Mm. And then think about an athlete that's been injured with a major injury ACL or an Achilles, where they're, you know, they're essentially on the shelf rehabbing for nine to 15 months, depending on how quickly or how well they do. You know, I think part of that return to sport criteria when we evaluate them, you know, this could definitely play a huge role in predicting who would be successful at returning to the court or the field and who's not. Because if you get back, you know, if we have an athlete and we can see where their injury or what their body composition was pre-injury, you know, they're 12% body fat and came in at 165 pounds Um, and now post-injury, post-rehab, they're, 18% 18% body fat at 165. Is that athlete really primed to return to the field or the court successfully at that point? You know, and so they might match all of the criteria set forth by their sports doc or by their physio, but from a training standpoint, that athlete isn't really set up to be successful just yet, right? Mm. And so we we can have that data that for the individual, and then we can also have that data to compare it to. You know the entire population of athletes participating at that level. Um, and so I think that's, that's a huge tool. And I think like anything else, as this is used more and more in the field, and we get more eyes on it, more research ideas will come from different users. Like physical therapists will use this tool to study return to sport. Trainers will use this tool to study and predict who's going to be most successful at the collegiate level dieticians will use this tool for educational purposes to get people less reliant on the scale. And as we do that, it can shift the conversations that we're having in clinic and make it a more holistic view,
0: hopefully. Hmm. That is a great insight to wrap it up guys. uh, Once again, I won't tell you that you have to go or I have to go because it's stupid, but to wrap (laughs) it up, what are the key messages that you want to give the audience how using MAID could actually enhance performance of their patients, athletes, and of course themselves. Yeah, I'll take two and then I'll let Ben finish finish yeah, with the file. One. Like one and a half, one and a
1: half each. I'll take two out of three. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think I think our our slogan, our message that we've kind of used with the app has been to track smarter. And I think, I I think for a lot of athletes and for a lot of users, what what we've heard and what we've seen based on their feedback is that they were tracking the wrong things. Not, we want to get away from the idea that weight loss is, you know, potentially an indicator of health because it's not always, and body mass index is not always the, the best indicator of health. There's, there's other measures and other parameters that we can look at. So I think that we want our users to track smarter and actually understand understand what their composition is. So if we're exercising to lose weight for instance, understand that not all of the weight that will be lost will be fat. Some of it will be muscle. And so we can more we can more accurately capture those changes with the app rather than just focusing on the weight on a scale. And for an athlete, you know, again, focusing on those changes that are happening, we we want them to be able to track smarter. So if their program is not if we're not seeing the increases in, in muscle mass that we would normally expect, can we, is it something going on with diet? Should we change their workouts? Should we change their exercises? What modifications can be made if we're not, if we're not seeing the progress that we would expect to do? I think the second, um, I guess the second take home message, we have developed a tool that is as accurate as some of the existing technology out there. I won't say that it's for sure, you know, hundred percent better than all of them, but, um, very similar comparable estimates to to underwater weighing, maybe in some cases better than bioimpedance and skin folds and we're, we're getting close to DEXA. I think what users have to make the decision of is, is what kind of cost is required for those other techniques, what kind of experience and expertise is needed to do the other measurements with a DEXA or with underwater weighing, and what kind of access do I have? And I think when you take all three of those pieces we we have increased access with the app we can do it at a very very low cost and it's it's very very quick and you don't need to have a ton of expertise in the area it's just a smartphone it's just a selfie and so i think you know as as you balance all of those options we can get the same accuracy for a much lower burden and a much lower you know barrier to entry and i think that those are incredibly valuable
0: The selfie. That is a great, great point of view. Now, Ben gets the last word because I want to (laughs) the last. You know, I think the third point and the most important
2: thing is is that we're like we're very user focused and we want feedback. You know, like we we know we don't have the perfect product yet. We have a very cool product. We think it's a wonderful tool. And as more researchers and professionals and users get it in their hands, what will help us grow and learn is to hear from them. And so, you know, features that are of interest to users, features that are of value to coaches and trainers, that's the type of information that we're really hoping for by making this more accessible, Um, especially during COVID. We understand that uh, contact with patients or clients is difficult at this time. And so anything that we can do to bring value to add to the product is
0: something that we're interested in hearing about. Awesome, guys. So, in other words, a great app that can be measured frequently, consistently, and with feedback from the people. That is three of three. And in my mind, it's like um, one of the greatest app that I ever use. I have used a lot of great apps with research behind, but this one is the most correlated and most accurate today and I'm just really really happy that it's out there now for everyone that wants to improve their game uh, when measurement uh, when measurement is in fo- in focus I really recommend that and I'm really really happy that you guys joined the podcast and I hope that the the research and the app app users evolves as Yes. I know. I don't know. As we go through the years. We're, we're, we're only going up,
1: man. We're, we're sky's the limit. So when we when we got the project and the go-ahead as researchers from our dean, he told us to, he said, you guys take this and just go, just zoom, zoom. And so we've been saying that yeah. internally as we <laughs> go. We just... We just we're just taking it and we're just going Zoom Zoom, man. We we don't know where this is gonna end up, you know, but it's it's been a fun ride so far. So we're we're just zoom zoom all day. Zoom zoom. Zoom zoom <laughs> and it will be fun
0: to that zoom zoom. zoom zoom. This episode is sponsored by the virus rehab and performance application. The application gives you the continuity to reach your goals at any level whenever and wherever the workouts programs and boot camps are made and customized to your needs and consist of trained therapists and strength and conditioning coaches with long experience in health and fitness by RIS clients range from the novice athlete to world cup medalists and olympians this episode is also brought to you in cooperation with sparta science sparta science is the industry's gold standard for force plate machine learning that predicts, improves, and validates individual and team availability. With a simple two minute scan per person, organizations increase fitness levels, prevent injuries, and accurately predict teams' readiness using the world's largest machine learning for force Place database.